Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And I remember specifically one day picking her up from school. And, you know, something didn't quite click at first. So I'm staring at her thinking something looks really weird. Um, it's only when she got a bit closer, I realized that half of her, one of her pom, her Afro puffs was missing. So one of the kids had actually cut oh. one of her Afro puffs. Oh. Yes. How old um, was she? About four years old oh at the time. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, so if another remember... four-year-old had, had got hold hair. of scissors, no yes. one noticed and cut her yes, whole cut her hair. My yes. Goodness. And, you know, so we confronted the teacher and she was like, oh, it's just hair. It will grow back. And I just thought it is not just hair. This is her hair. This is her glory, her crown. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was like, how is it possible that that a child at that age can grab a pair of scissors and go through the act of actually cutting off her hair and think it's okay? And then obviously we had to then level out the other Afro puffs. So that means cutting off a lot of her hair. You are listening to the Dope Black Moms podcast. I am delighted to be joined by Charnette today, author of Ada's Wash Day and Mother of Two. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Nina. So Ada's Wash Day, an empowering story for young girls. And I love that in brackets and boys, because we all need to know about Wash Day. And we all need to know about the beauty of our hair. And you're focusing on especially girls with tight, curly, kinky and coily hair have never yeah. felt beautiful and wanted to look different oh I, I mean I have a daughter and I have curly hair yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I mean it's just your worst fear isn't it having these conversations having your daughter I suppose any child come to you and say I don't like the way I look I don't like my hair or I want something different and um, yeah. it's it's heartbreaking so is this based on real life experiences this book Ada's Wash Day Yes, absolutely. The book is based on our real life conversations and experiences that Ada has had either separately um, through a conversation with me or also some you know, experiences she's had with people that she's met in the playground or school, etc. Um, I wrote this book back in 2017. So I think at that time, Adalia must have been about four or five years old and um, she was just starting school. So for her being introduced into that world where, you know, she's no longer kind of at home with me, she's now kind of under the guidance of a teacher so being in that environment was really really different for her um she was usually the only black girl in her class or in the school as a whole so for her I think it was it was really tough because although she was born in the Netherlands she has a British passport but she also has parents who also weren't born in the UK when I was born in St Lucia and my husband was born in Gabon so for her I think she really has and my son as well this identity issue which a lot of third culture kids have But when it comes to her hair, I guess, being in the school and being around other people, no one looks like her. And to some extent, I guess even I didn't look like her that much because I used to always blow dry my hair straight. So what she sees is my straight, long, flowing hair. And then she has this tight, curly, coily hair. So when she was at school and people were saying, oh, your hair is really weird. Oh, you look like a sheep. Or, oh, can I touch it? Oh, it's a bit weird. Or your hair smells strange. 
because obviously we use quite a bit of product in our hair and you know it tends to smell either coconut or hibiscus so we have very very strong smelling um things and i guess the kids in her class weren't used to that so she always felt very uncomfortable um being around that and i remember specifically one day picking her up from school and you know something didn't quite click at first so i'm staring at her thinking something looks really weird um it's only when she got a bit closer i realized that half of her one of her pom her afro puffs was missing so one of the kids had actually cut oh. <laughs> one of her afro puffs oh. yes how old um, was she about four years old oh, at the time goodness. oh my goodness and, you know, so I another run... four-year-old had had cut got hold hair. of scissors no yes. one noticed and cut her yes, whole cut hair. Her hair. Yes. And, you know, so we confronted the teacher and she was like, oh, it's just hair. It will grow back. And I just thought it is not just hair. This is her hair. This is her glory, her crown. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was like, how is it possible that, that a child at that age can grab a pair of scissors and go through the act of actually cutting off her hair and think it's okay? And then obviously we had to then level out the other Afro puffs. So that means cutting off a lot of her hair. And, mm. you know, for someone with very tight, curly kinky hair it's not it doesn't appear to be long because of the shrinkage so again it then went back to being short so then we went into another phase of her experience where people would always then assume that she was a boy, a boy because again her hair is short and people expect girls to have long hair and mm. I think when we looked at especially back in 2017 when we saw black girls being represented on tv they were always black girls who were a bit of the lighter complexion, you know, with really curly, like flowy hair. So more of the looser curls rather than the tight curls. So mm. it was it was always just an issue, for, an issue for other people, not necessarily for her. But I think with the projection from other people, it then started becoming an issue that she then started to internalize. So me writing this book was actually part therapy. OK, how do I empower my daughter um, so that she can feel that, you know, she is beautiful and her hair is beautiful and it is special and it is unique here. But actually, you know, where I'm from, I mean, I was born in St. Lucia. So I went to school, was surrounded by people who looked like me, totally. you know, my family's all around me. So I never really had that sense of that I look different or I was strange or something. So I really wrote this book to empower her. The power of being in the majority. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. I was born in Jamaica. I, I understand. So. For you right now, how are you wearing your hair? I mix it up now a, a lot more than I used to. I think um, I've gone through the process, probably like many people, of educating myself about my hair. And mm-hmm. um, I know that sounds silly, you know, I'm a grown woman, <laughs> close to 40, but no, I feel only in the last silly, few years. It's, it's all yeah. the messaging we've had throughout our whole lives, the Euro, Eurocentric beauty standards, everything that's been slammed into us from yeah. the media and um you know fairy fairy tales from our childhood (laughs) i think i think it's all education also obviously the industry is changing yes and um access to products is changing the education's changing so i think it's a continual education i think maybe the co-wash that's kind of fairly ish recent in our hair history timeline so i think it doesn't sound silly to me at all i'm doing the same thing and i'm i'm also 40 so i get it i get it well, well done. Well done for the education. I mean, and being open to it. Yes, exactly. I think that's been the biggest thing is, like you say, there's so many more products on the market and actually products that are made for us and particularly by us. So we use um, one of my friend's products, actually. She's been working on this for, I think, at least maybe 10 years now. Wow. And, you know, she's bringing us, you know, organic bio and in some cases also vegan nut-free products that really do what they're meant to do to hydrate to 
to um, what else? You know, to, to just make you fall in love with your hair again. Because I think a lot of us maybe fell out of love with our hair because you know it would be brittle, it would be dry, it would be frizzy, and they just wouldn't have that definition or that structure that you want. But when you have the right products, you have all of that and more. And it doesn't matter whether your hair is long, 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 or whether it's short. Health is what's most important. So I think that's the biggest shift in the, like the mindset that I've noticed, not only in myself, but also in general, like when you look at the public and when you look at the products and the people behind those. As a mother of a young daughter, are you doing anything intentionally around the house or with any messaging or curating anything for her? Oh, oh my God, yes. We... <laughs> I thought you might be. <laughs> I think one of the things I've learned from my own experience, particularly moving to the Netherlands and also moving to the UK from St. Lucia is just being intentional actually gets you further. So we have very open conversations. So I want my daughter to feel like she can always come and speak to me about anything. And even if that means I would brackets calling me out on certain things, like Mm. when I would say, she would say, you know, I want to straighten my hair. And I'll be like, no, you can't darling. Your hair's beautiful. (laughs) She'll say, well, look at you. Your hair is straight. (laughs) I, I, I agree. I think the intentionality helps us all to stay accountable. So yes. you can't just kind of preach, you know, black joy, black pride, black representation, and then not go and get the books or not go and watch the TV shows and not make an effort and not hold it, you know, pay that bit extra for the shipping, whatever you've got to do to support the black business and support yes. the products coming to you. You've got to make that bit of effort, which sometimes right now can cost a little bit more money and can take a little bit more time. And I yes. think that's brilliant she calls you out on it because it's so easy <laughs> for us to say, I know what's best, Yeah, do this, and I'm not going to hold myself to it. And, it, and it, I, I try and um, hold myself to that too because yes. it's easy for us to slip, isn't it? It's easy for us to like, oh, but like, I know. Like, you'll say to your kids, don't eat chocolate, but then you go in. You know, eat a whole tub of ice cream, whatever. Like, what what are we doing? So um, it's great. It's great that she said that. And does that make you then think, right, I will change up my hair or have that conversation? Well, I feel like it makes me hold a mirror to myself as well. Mm. You know, in much Mm. I'm asking her to hold a mirror to herself, I should also, I also need to do the same. Um, Like I said, you know, I grew up. not, Not falling back into my hair is beautiful. My lips are beautiful do you mean that sort of thing like not falling back into the messaging of to go out I need to have my hair done and my hair done is is my hair straight is that the sort of thing well a a bit of both and actually when I think about uh, this brings me to actually a really good point about this hair done so I remember when Mm. I took um my kids to St Lucia for the first time and I think my daughter was almost two and you know I left her hair out natural I mean her hair was beautiful it's night moisturized looking great almost every single member of my family that I bumped into was like oh oh my god why are you letting her walk around like this why is her hair not braided why isn't it plaited why are you making her walk yeah her hair's not done she doesn't look Mm. nice she doesn't look neat Mm. and I thought whoa 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 hey this is our hair (laughs) I think that's really dangerous yes it's really dangerous and I think I think for my experience growing up um as a woman I think that sort of thinking pushes into women not being able to be seen without makeup, without weave, yes. without nails, without their brows done, without certain um, suck-me-up pants, you know, all that sort yes. of stuff. You can't just be. Just I be, think it's yeah. really dangerous. 
Absolutely. And I fought really hard back at my family because I was like, she is ready. She has done her hair is washed. It's clean. It's moisturized. It's, mm. you know, been detangled. It is beautiful. She doesn't mm. need to be perfect or look perfect to exist mm. in that way. And that's part of one of the things which really drive me and my husband. Yeah. We've really grown, like, we've really raised them to be independent thinkers. And we've really done the whole Montessori at home, also mm. um, supplementing that with going to Montessori schools. So they've always been in, in an environment where they question and they they start from themselves. So, okay, mm. what am I good at? What do I enjoy doing? What do I love? And then, okay, I need to learn this, but how do I learn this best? What is my approach? And this is the way we've kind of tried to raise them to think about almost every aspect of their life. Um, using that kind of Montessori background, Montessori thinking for independence. But yes, it does come back to bite you in the butt because yeah, then my daughter will say, but why? But no, mm. but you did this and you said that. And yeah. you really, like, mom, we're just going to the supermarket. Do you really need to wear makeup? <laughs> like, no, I don't want to brush my hair. I look fine. Yeah. And you know, sometimes I do try to push that on her and say, well, why don't we just brush your hair so you look nice and neat? Oh, and, and she's like, no, I'm perfect just the way it is. I, I, and then, you know, God. she will subvert yeah. and then, you know, put on a pair of trousers, roll them up, odd socks deliberately, not yeah. cream her legs. <laughs> And then, like, put on this jumper that's maybe either too small or full of holes. Yeah, like, yeah I'm ready. And I'm thinking, ah, okay. Really, really <laughs> making sure you get that message loud and clear. Loud and yeah, clear, yes. I get it. I, I mean, I just, I remember myself having, like, like, tense sessions with my daughter, brushing her hair, trying to get ready mm. for her birthday party, for, the, for my shame of not having <laughs> yes. her hair done, for my yes. shame of us going into... Her birthday party, lots of black family around, can't yeah. not have her hair done. Yeah, and yeah. she's like sitting there on the verge of tears. It's her birthday party. She doesn't want to have her hair in whatever style I was trying to make it. And I was going above and beyond because it was yeah. a black birthday party. I wanted everybody, I suppose, to say, look how beautiful she looks. Beautiful well she done, looks, mommy. Yeah. You've got it all <laughs> sorted. You're brilliant. Yeah. And yeah. Um, she was sitting there crying. I was like, this is her birthday. I'm trying to get her hair in braids. And she doesn't want to do it. It's fine. Yeah. And what I see a lot of is women of, of, I could say our generation of kind of 35 plus um, who cannot leave the house without their weave because they don't feel done. They don't feel beautiful. They don't feel presented. And um, some people I know that if they're, if they're kind of changing, if it's their hair day and they're Mm. taking out their hair, putting it back in again, if that session cancels, and I've seen this happen before, if that hairstylist overbooks, whatever, they're like, I'm going to have to, I can't go to work. Yeah, yeah. I I can't leave the house. And that is what I would never want to, to show my daughter, but I, I have to bite back. Like you said, from those feelings coming up yourself, like I have to stop myself from trying to perfect her hair for her birthday for for myself of thinking, is my hair done? It's, amazing how strong that messaging is and yeah just, absolutely yeah yeah and I don't think something we get right all the time um, <laughs> as a parent we can't expect to be perfect but you just yeah. have to literally keep reminding yourself and trying to be conscious so not mm. just sleepwalking through life based on what you think things should be or how they should be but really looking at every moment and then trying to make a conscious decision about okay is this is this triggering me? Is 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 this for me or is this for her benefit? Mm. I mean, I've had, I've had the benefit of actually my when I was nine, my mum actually cut off all my hair. So yeah. when we moved to the UK, we actually moved to Kenilworth, which is um in Warwickshire, 
So you can imagine being in that place in 1990s. Yeah, I can imagine. There was nowhere to get your hair done. No black yeah. hairdressers, no family, yeah. no friends. Yeah. So yeah. my mom had to make that choice. Okay, what am I going to do? So for her, the easiest thing to do was to cut Just off cut all off. my hair. So when I see people having this conversation with my daughter calling her a boy, and I'm like, don't play yourself. She, you know she looks like a girl. Like, stop mm. it. This mm. used to happen to me when I was young, nine years old. And there I am yeah. in a school uniform, in a skirt, but people are still calling me a boy. So yeah. I really get that feeling. I understand um, how she feels. So I'm always trying to remind her, like, look, look at mummy at that time. I have exactly the same sort of hair. I looked exactly the same as you. And look at how proud I am. Oh. I can do whatever yeah. I want. But also you don't have to fit into this mold of being a girl yes. in dresses and whatever. Yes. You can do yeah. whatever you want. I mean, I played football for so long and yeah. I was such what you would call now a tomboy. But looking mm. back at it, I don't want to be called a tomboy. I was just being me in whatever way I wanted to be. So this is kind of like the message we try to push at home. That's, I think that's brilliant. And I so relate to that story. I went from Jamaica to yeah. Washington, D.C. So still like black school, black teachers, black lawyers, oh, black okay. hospitals, black doctors, everything to yeah. Bristol and Ooh. at nine and again the same sort of vibe no hair stores just yeah. horrific experience <laughs> with your hair it was never it was never right it was and my hair was always natural so it was never done yes yeah never yeah. relaxed and just everyone's just like what is what are you doing with your hair yeah, so, yeah. I mean and it just comes up you know all the time well, it's funny because after, sorry, after we um, we left Kenilworth to go to London um, and I went to Lara Trait, which is a secondary school there, and that was just a complete reverse, almost 90% black. Right. And at that time, again, my hair was also short. And you'll be surprised the amount of um, the amount of chat I used to get from people about my hair because then everyone's hair was either relaxed or it was in braids. And there I am coming with this little afro and people are like, what is this? I, I, I literally understand, kid you not, understand more than most. Cause I, it's the same thing. The parting, the braids, the hair not done because my hair was natural and I didn't yeah. have extensions or cane rows or it wasn't relaxed or have weave. And yeah, it just, they were just like, what, who are you? What are you doing? <laughs> And I came with a kind of mixed up Jamaican American accent. It was just horrific. Oh my god! In yeah, Bristol, yeah. horrific. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I so feel you. With the, thank you. With the book um, and with it covering all of these things, obviously for young children, young girls, young boys. Um, what sort of feedback have you had? Do you know what the feedback has actually been amazing? And I was really taken aback by it when I first got it. I mean, in my heart, I did know it was a really wonderful story and a story mm. that I wanted to share and felt needed to be shared. But, you know, if you're not coming from that background of being a writer, you're always doubting whether or not you can write. And mm. publishing a book, yes, it makes you an author, but does it give, but do you, can you make that connection with the people that the book is intended to, to reach? So when people were uh, um, messaging me, especially from parents saying, oh my God, I needed this book when I was younger. Oh my yeah. God, this is what happens to me. This was me yeah. looking yeah. in that mirror when I was younger. Like saying, am I beautiful? And looking at my hair, my tight, my tightness and thinking, no, let's just put the braids in or let's just do something else. And then for them, it's like a conscious reminder to them. It's like, oh my gosh, you look, I need to be very careful about how I you know, talk about natural hair and beauty in front of my daughters and my sons because ultimately if you don't model that 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 oh, that view for, for for your daughters then they're going to think that this is their their version of beautiful 
but also for your sons, they're also going to think, hey, these are the kind of women that I, I find beautiful and I think are attractive, or these are the kind of women that I want to be with. I um, couldn't agree more. I think yeah. it actually, for parents, the book takes the pressure off. You're just like, great, it's great discussions, <laughs> great talking points. You can just read the book and just like, see, so, you know, how does this make you feel? Rather yeah. than having to have a kind of sit down, sterile conversation about it. It's a really, yeah. really nice way to talk about all the points but also like you said for yourself just to hold yourself accountable because that messaging is so deep like we as conscious people you've written a whole book about it but you still have to catch yourself don't you yes exactly (laughs) yeah exactly and I also wanted it to be a semi-light-hearted book it does have very strong themes but I wanted it to showcase the fun that can happen during that time because I think from a lot for, for a lot of times earlier on Wash day would be something that was happening to my daughter. It was like, okay, we need to wash your hair. Let's go. Yes. Yes. But actually, no, no yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. It needs to be something a bit more because when I look back on my wash days when I was younger, it was kind of an experience almost. You know, we'll mm. go to church, we'll come back. And then, you know, you go and sit with someone who's decided that they've got the time to do your hair today. You know, you, you've gone to like a nice shady spot. Everyone's got snacks. You're sat with your cousins, your aunts. You know, you're all chatting, bonding, laughing. And I felt like that was something that was missing with mine because I yeah. just felt like it was such a chore, not only just for my hair, but then also her hair because A, we didn't have all the right products mm. and B, because, you know, we we're just stressed out, busy people living in a country with no family where everything is up to us. Um, so I really wanted to kind of showcase how it could be in a really nice way, in the way that we do it now, uh, where it's fun, it's lighthearted, and she is part of the process, That's and she it. also gets to learn. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That's it. I was just about to ask. So any practical tips on the hair day experience how we can make this a loving you know a happy like you said happy memories a happy pastime kids love routine and Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I picked up from from them being younger so we stick to pretty much a similar schedule so every Sunday where it's easy we're not rushing no one has to go to work no one has to leave the house and you know we give enough time so I will say we're going to start at nine is that okay with you do you want to do later and most of the time she'll say yes let's do it now I'm good to go let's go and then it'll be choices so I always give a choice of two (laughs) so okay what would you like to do listen to music or watch a show and then she can pick one and I find when we listen to music it's actually better because then we get to chat we get to sing we get to laugh yeah and then she gets to do some of the bits as well so she gets to um, detangle she gets to put the conditioner in she also gets to wash her hair okay don't get me wrong it does take longer 
But what yeah. I would prefer is that it is stress-free, crying-free, and Absolutely. that she also gets to learn. Absolutely. And that's a great wash day. And what are you doing for the evening times? Are, is she wearing any bonnets, wrapping her hair? Is that a thing, a conversation? Yes, it's taken us a while to get there. <laughs> it really has, but um, I, you know, I do it as well. So we kind of do it at the same time. So and, and when you do it, it, yeah, you're okay. Okay, double double protection there. Yeah, because she sleeps, you know, like a like yes. a wild thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they and, just don't seem to stay. <laughs> and has she had any? Any spaces where she's had like a sleepover and just do this on her own and anybody's maybe questioned what you're doing or has no, that? No, no, you know, I, I think I'm still a little old school. <laughs> so she's yeah. not allowed to have sleepovers yet. Yeah. yeah Even yeah, though no, she's yeah, almost here. nine. <laughs> no, same same here. No, I'm, I'm on that, that vibe as well. She's wondering how yeah. she would explain it in a situation with I other children she... who maybe don't have, are not wrapping yeah. their hair. I think she's ultimately just grown in confidence um, mm. in, in every aspect of her life. So, like, I, I don't think she's had to have that discussion with anyone yet, but she does mm-hmm. now talk to people when they say, oh, what's that smell in your hair? Oh, well, mm. actually, it's because I use this product. That's why it smells like that. Maybe you should try it. It's really good for curls or things like that. So oh. it's just being able to get her to articulate, like, you know, what she's feeling, what her thoughts are, and being able to talk about herself. Because what I found, um, we've actually recently moved um, my kids to an international school, funny enough, um, back in September. They used to go to a local Dutch school. And obviously you have the the language barrier, you have the culture barrier, and you also have, I guess, the race barrier. Because Mm. again, there weren't that many um, black kids um, at her school. There were quite a few um, mixed race kids with a parent who tends to be Dutch. So they feel a little bit more connected to the Dutch culture than my kids who are um, born to parents who aren't Dutch. Mm. Um, But now that we transitioned them to um, an English speaking school where actually they're speaking in their mother tongue. And I don't know, literally, I think within a week of my kids going to this new school, you could just see the difference. Yes, this Mm -hmm. was exactly. She's standing (laughs) taller. She's standing Mm. much more, um, just open and aware Mm. and I think and I also see like her chest is open like she's open to receive people in a completely different way Mm -hmm. whereas before Mm -hmm. she always did not want to be seen always Mm. wanted to be in the background um I felt like you know she kind of felt that she didn't have to that she didn't want to I don't know show off because that's the way people would view it if she was either exalting about something or doing well in something Mm -hmm. I mean I remember I dropped her off to a party um a few months ago and I came back to pick her up she seemed really sad I was like what's the matter and she goes oh oh this one's parent told me that I was showing off because I was talking about my new school and I was like you what so a a grown (laughs) grown I don't know if children listen to this, but a grown-ass woman told my mm. eight-year-old daughter that she was showing off God. because she was describing and talking about her new school. Yeah. So obviously, in true Mama Bear style, yeah. but also because I want to know that I have her back at all times, we went back there and we had that conversation. Excuse me, I'm here. What did you mean by what you said to my daughter? And then obviously people want to backtrack. Oh, I think she misunderstood. She didn't misunderstand. You said mm. what you said and you said what mm. you meant. So mm. when I saw on, so part of the messaging is also be showing them that um, how they how, how we think that we should raise them, how they should behave and believe about themselves. Absolutely. But it's also having their back when it matters. Totally. No you're, matter you're, how small or how big, yeah. they need to know that you've always got their back. It, that first of all, that gives me shivers 
<laughs> and and second of all, it, it is. It's you showing them, you showing them and you modeling how you deal with resolution, how you deal yeah. with uh, trauma, tricky situations, conversations, yes. all of that, how you confront it, yeah. basically. Um, and that's brilliant. Well, if my mom can do it, I can do it. I, I, I think that's brilliant. There's Precisely. nothing more um, disgusting, there's nothing more dangerous than saying, I think she misunderstood. Yeah. That's, oh, that's so, it, it, it's abusive. <laughs> yes, and it's, it's never, yeah. It, it's, yeah, like belittling a child just because she's smaller than you, you think you can mince your words, yeah. which is clearly you know, showing off is a very clear word. She's yes, not going to yeah, just pull that yeah, out of the yeah. sky. So that is what she heard. That's what you said. Yeah. And um, that can really cause um, self-doubt, can't it? When, yes. when you do something like that, like I'm big or I'm telling you that's not what I said. Well, that, that yeah. is what you said. That's what I heard. I, yeah. I really hate it when people do that to children. Um, yeah, same. Yeah, it was an abuse, an abuse of power. And yeah. I think it's really uh, like if it was to carry on, I could just see it in the playground. I can see it in how you, again, like you say, you're modeling, how you, in your interactions, how you would hand yourself for a negotiation for a new job in the workplace. All of those moments mm-hmm. come down to these moments and I get very annoyed by it because yeah. I think, you know, we don't, they're not taking the child's point of view and their feelings seriously. So well done, Mama Bear. Nice, <laughs> nice. Trying. <laughs> Great. And she saw you and that's brilliant. And, and was she... um was she like embarrassed or was she happy? How did she feel when she was telling the story and then you went back and was like, right. She was proud. I could see I like her it. eyes lighting up. Yeah. Like thinking, yes, she didn't, I didn't question her. And mm. also because I know her character, she's just not someone who's going to make things like that up. And if yeah. she says something, it, it's a fact and she has held on to it. So I'm really glad mm. that she told me instantly. And again, mm. it's creating that open culture where you can talk to me about absolutely anything. Yeah. And if yeah. you can't say it to me, then you tell your brother or you tell yeah. your dad. And then, you, tell you know, someone. Well, tell yeah. someone, yeah, someone that yeah. you trust. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she was extremely proud. <laughs> That's really, yeah. Well, hats off. Well done. Um, so Crowns comes up quite a lot yeah. in the book. Um, how important was that to you and your daughter to get that image of a crown and just using that wording? Funny enough, actually, I... Uh, the, the image of the crown actually came from my illustrator, <laughs> funny Ooh, enough. Nice. Um, in the beginning phase, when I met my illustrator, Shireen, who is absolutely amazing. So we were trying to create the character of Ada and I sent a couple of images and I really just did like this long description about, you know, my Ada that I know, the kind of girl that she is, you know, because I really wanted to present an authentic version of a real girl because so often I think we see in books that girls tend to be one-dimensional, Girls yes. are sweet, girls are kind, girls are quiet. That's so girls dangerous. Like a civic yeah. thing. Um, mm. But I really wanted her to be my Adam, my inquisitive, my independent, mm. my, you know, sometimes ill tempered, sometimes cheeky, witty, smart, multi diverse, dimensional. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And that is the sort of girl that I wanted. Um, so when she sent me back the character the first time, I was a little disappointed and I'll tell you why because um the character was very light-skinned and she had that big curly curly hair mm-hmm, 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 and then mm-hmm. I, I, I thought about it for a little bit and I thought well, actually she doesn't know because my illustrator is actually Egyptian um and she's not black so I had to then reinforce the message that I wanted to portray with this character and I was very clear that I really wanted to show a chocolate mocha-licious 
girl yes. who has yes. got this kinky, tight, coily hair that we yeah. don't tend to see. Because yeah. what, you know, in books and on TV, whenever we see, you know, brown skinned girls, they tend to have that long, flowy hair. And I really wanted to kind of challenge that narrative. Like there are the massive group of girls who have this sort of hair, who have mm. this hair texture that is beautiful, that needs to be celebrated, it needs to be looked at. And yeah, then my illustrator represented, it needs to be seen. So other, yes. you know, like for like you can recognize yourself. Yeah. Exactly. And then my yeah. illustrator said, you know, thank you so much for talking about this with me. I never even realized this was an issue. And then yeah. when she finally did the, the character, she then placed a crown on her head. And I thought how yeah. fitting yes really. I do call her my little princess so yes really <laughs> that is a crown really. and yes that's the way we should that's the way we should refer to it <laughs> and just um mum to mum is there any yeah. guilt or any niggles do you feel you need to write a book for your son as well basically <laughs> you're reading my mind Nina okay <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, I've written six books so far. So there's going to be a collection of books which um, operate within the Ada and Gabby world. Um, In fact, actually, my first book I ever wrote was about Gabby. But for me, that book took me to a place that still was a bit raw. Mm -hmm. So for my first book, I thought I want to do something that is less painful. Yes. um, And to celebrate a little bit more joy. Yes. Because I didn't want to push that narrative of black trauma all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I actually revisited that first book and then changed it quite a bit so that it doesn't focus much on the trauma, but kind of like the positive things coming out of this. Nice. Um, and when I talk about that book, I can explain a little bit more. So yes, my son insisted yeah. that the next book be about him because he yeah. was really jealous, actually. He was just like, oh my God. Yeah, I was thinking my household, I've got a four and a six-year-old. It, it has to be same, same. Like yeah, yeah. across the board, it all yeah. has to be the same, same. So yeah. um, that's the first thing I thought was like, oh no, there has to be another book coming out. Yes, it's coming out in July, hopefully, if, we, oh, if yes. we're on track. Um, and Amazing. it's actually, my son has called it Gabby's First Day. Um, oh. I had titled it Gabby's New School, but he preferred Gabby's First Day, which makes sense. The book basically looks at um, my son, Gabby, going to his first day of, of school, primary school. And it's, so it's based, again, on, on real life experience. We actually had to transition him from one primary school to another because of these, his experience was extremely negative, extremely traumatic and hurtful. And if I just say against the background of how we look at, you know, young black boys being treated within the school system, easily stigmatized, easily labeled, uh, and those kind of things, that was his experience. And when you say, do I have any guilt? Sometimes I have so much guilt that I kept my son in the school for three months yeah. Even though every day I could probably tell that he was dying Aww. a little bit inside. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't know what to do or how to manage. And then somehow the clarity just came one day that I think my son hates these people and hates being there. Mm. And um, we had one experience where I, I came to pick him up. You know, I peeked in and there was my son who was probably three and a half at the time strapped mm. into a baby chair when everyone else around him was playing or on the mm. floor on the toys and he was yeah. strapped into this chair his eyes were puffy red oh, and you can tell that he'd been crying so yeah. instantly you go into like fight flight what? or crazy yes. mode yeah and somehow I managed to stay level-headed and not go like Liam Neeson on these people yeah um and I walked which in, you are I mean. in your right to do yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
you know, she was like, oh, well, you know, he just, he just couldn't let go. One of the boys did this to him and he got so angry and he just couldn't let go. So we had to just strap him. And I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you're telling me you reacted this way to where my son was the one who was the, the, um, the victim. The victim, thank you. <laughs> but because you felt that he had to do things on, on this boy's terms and he was angry that my mm. son would be the one to be punished and punished in this way, which was just disgusting. That's horrific to see. And Makes my teeth itch. Just, just listen. the, you, again, oh God, I, I, I I'm actually. I'm talking about uh, it and my heart yeah. is, and this is why I said I yeah. couldn't, it couldn't be my first book because it was just, it was still raw yeah. two years later. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I just picked up my son and I was like, we're not coming back. Um, mm-hmm. I managed to get a full refund for the full month following. And then I found well him done. somewhere else, a new school. Well done. And, and then you very, saw the difference. Yes, but I was very intentional yeah. about the new school this time. Mm-hmm. I went in, I wanted to find members of staff that were um, black or brown. Mm-hmm. And I wanted a more diverse school. And the mm-hmm. minute I walked in, um, when, I, when I went to look around, there was this wonderful lady called Fatima. Um, she was North African. Um, she, she, you know, she wore a scarf. You know, she was so warm and welcoming. And she gave my son the respect and the love that he deserved, you know, oh, welcomed him with open arms, gave him a hug when he needed, those kind of things. And I thought this is what was missing all this time. Yeah. And if you can't see past a child's skin colour, you unfortunately cannot give him the love and respect he deserves. And, and he can, and at three, he can, they can feel sense that. It. And that's what yes. makes my teeth itch. Of course yeah, he yeah, can. Yeah. <laughs> very, very intelligent. Lastly, for any mums listening. Um, yeah who are battling with the issues that we're talking about. So stigmas, um, lack of self-belief, lack of, um, I suppose, understanding of identity, mm-hmm. um, battling the Eurocentric beauty standards. And, and for us as well as in parents battling that messaging to try and kind of stay on the path we know is right yeah. um, for our children, what would you like to say to them? <laughs> oh, that one's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Before you go to a children's party, just to just to yes. slip it in there. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I would actually just say um, we cannot possibly know where we're going in Sanford Cheesy until we know our past. I read history at university and I really try to focus on pre-colonial history because that was important to me to really understand where I came from. So I think as parents, we also probably have to do the same when we're looking to raise our kids we need to really create a strong foundation for them. And the only way they can do that is by knowing where they come from, knowing their lineage, knowing that they you know, come from proud, um, proud tribes, proud histories, proud cultures, who have achieved things, who do things, and mm-hmm. who um, you know, kind of almost bypass that rhetoric that we are you know, slaves or yeah. the history of slaves. No, we, are, we have been at one point, at one small point in time, enslaved peoples. So let's mm-hmm. focus on the joy outside of that. And a lot mm-hmm. of that comes through reading and what the kids watch. We immerse our children in books from various different cultures and especially books written for and by black people, which mm-hmm. focus on joy, which focus on our history, our culture, our heritage, the and witches, just lovely, yeah. fun things. There are so many wonderful books around. Yeah. And if you can't find them within the traditional publishing system, there are so many self-publishing um, or independent independent publishers and self-published books around which focus on that and Adas Washday is just one of them but there are Mm. so many out there so start with you know what your kids consume and if they consume positivity joy and everything else you know they're going to start to feel that in themselves when they see themselves in those books 
they feel that they're seen, they're heard, they're represented, and they're reminded that they are, you know, beautiful, that they're strong, and they're smart, and they're sweet, but they're also diverse, you know, they can be whatever they want to be. And I think open their minds to the possibility of dreaming big, like really, really big, so big that it's so scary. Like, I think um, when kids are young, we tend to kind of pigeon them into small holes. And I say, your kids can do anything they want. And then they should at least let them try something. Like my kids do, you know, they do music, they do sport, they do dance. They can express their creativity in whatever way they want. And I don't try to limit them based on gender either. My daughter plays hockey, she tried football, Mm -hmm. they do violin, they do piano. But my son will also have to do that also. So -hmm. I think it's just trying to raise our kids to be flexible, to be... um, um, open-minded Eyes wide open. yeah. yeah open-minded and also just just to dream big you know you can only be a yeah. kid once and I think yeah. you know your experiences and your approaches when you're young really kind of dictates how you look at yourself and how you think about your place in the world so just keep affirming them that they can do whatever they want their beginning does not determine or dictate their end I mean I recognize that on some level yes I am a privileged person you know I've been to university a good university I've had a great job you know I'm married I you know, I have you know a family mm-hmm. like around me but you know at the core of it I think the base values of just ensuring that my kids feel settled feel loved and just keep speaking like love and power into them on a daily and regular basis that mm-hmm. would be my my biggest advice Absolutely absolutely and also when you say these things to your children these little love notes these whispers that you do um you know we're saying it to ourselves as well i think it keeps us all on the on the right path yeah absolutely um, by just you know saying out loud thank you so much for sharing thank you so much for writing the book and really looking forward. we've got it obviously in our household and really looking forward to everything else you've got coming up Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much for having me, Nina. It was a wonderful conversation. I really wish we could have had longer, um, but maybe, yeah, we can do this together at another point. <laughs> Dope Black Moms. If you'd like to join the Dope Black Moms private Facebook group, please search Dope Black Moms on Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Please follow on all socials at Dope Black Moms. Thanks so much for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 